0: G'day everybody, it is, oh it's a strange feeling coming into the studio today for a number of reasons, the first of which it's the last episode of the year, and the second of which it's the last episode probably for a little while, because we're going to take a break, not sure for how long, but it's just the right time to have a little break of woodlife podcast something that we've done we've done 40 episodes a year for the last two years and i have honestly hand on heart loved every second of it so we don't have a guest coming in today because i thought it was important to reflect back on what has been such a brilliant journey wonderful learning experience and most importantly give thanks to all of you for listening and tuning in every single week or a couple of times a week, and I mean that sincerely. It's been wonderful to get all of the, the great feedback and the continual questions that come in. But there's just a lot going on at the moment, and sometimes something has to give, and it's time for a little break. And a massive thank you to iHeartRadio ARN and to Brie and to Indy, my wonderful producers who have just been incredible to work with, a huge, huge thank you to our 80 wonderful guests over this time that have taught me so much, and and it really, and I really mean that sincerely. In a job where you're often the one giving advice, to be able to sit there and listen and learn on a weekly basis has been something that I have thoroughly enjoyed. It's literally like getting the front row seat to some of the best experts in the world. But it's not goodbye, it's just goodbye for now. So yes, we're going to get to a little list. I'll put a little list together bit of a recap list which i, I don't know i'm gonna wax lyrical and we could take in any direction that's coming up next on the woodlife Time to get into it our last list our last list for now here are just some of the key takeaways from two incredible years of the wood life there has been so many key lessons I think one I was writing a little list and I think one of the one of the things that really sort of hit me was how often the same key lesson would come up in a different way so, from a nutrition perspective or a sleep perspective or a mental health or a physical health or, you know, psychology, physiology, the interconnection between them all just really reinforced the fact that, and I'm going to start with my last point first because everyone's health, and I've got health in inverted commas, is different. What's important to you might not be important to that person and that doesn't matter. You have to find what works for you. And you have to be multidimensional. You know, Pilates is not health. Pilates is a tool to health. It is one facet. You know, yoga, an apple, a smoothie, a good night's sleep. It all has to come together for what ultimately drives your health and happiness in a realistic, sustainable manner. So I think the most important message to start with is that everyone's health is different. You've got to find what works for you and it's really important that you're multidimensional. The second one closely related to that is you can't separate mental and physical health. They are so connected. It's not suggesting that if you've got a mental health that can be fixed with going for a run. It's not suggesting that if you've got a sore leg, that can be fixed with a meditation session. But it does show the overlap and the interconnection always between the two. And again, reinforces the multidimensional holistic nature of our health, the way that we look at it. I'm all about, you know, doing smarter, not training, but doing smarter, not harder. When I was younger, it used to be more is more, push harder, the harder you work, the better results you'll get from a training perspective. And interestingly, to my point at the beginning of the episode, I think I'm starting to have the same revelation from a life perspective. More isn't more. Harder isn't better. Do things smarter. Give more time to yourself. It's not all bash and crash for the best results. It's not all, you know, the person who does the 18-hour day wins at the end of the day. You might win from a productivity perspective, but at what cost? And it's the same with your train. I, I always see that relationship or that metaphor between life and training from a train smarter, not harder perspective and adding in, you know, I'll, I'll do less workouts, but there'll be a sauna and an ice bath in there once a week where a workout perhaps was or where two workouts perhaps were and I definitely am better mentally and physically for it. Another one that really resonated with me is get in the flow. Finding something in your life each week that makes you forget about time. Get rid of your phone, no alarms, no alerts, nothing to break that flow with a beep or a vibration or whatever it might be. It might be reading, it might be dancing, it could be crochet, painting, pottery, writing, whatever is your thing. Find a little window every single week to do something where you get into a flow and it makes you feel inspired and makes you feel creative and it's a disconnect from the craziness that is life that we we all know. The next one, balance. It's a really interesting one because I don't, know if I believe if there is such thing, if I'm being honest. I think it's important to have boundaries and parameters around things because then we can't tell those little white lies to ourselves that we're perhaps doing things better than what we really are. But when it comes to balance, it's, I think it's about, am I taking care of myself mentally and physically without putting too much pressure on myself. And I'm a massive believer that if your attitude or your philosophy is progress, not perfection, and you are trying to do things at a 7 or 8 out of 10, then that's where you will find the best or the closest level to what is balance because you're going to be doing good things for yourself, eating, sleeping, exercising, mental health, most of the time, but never in a way that feels like you're your own harshest critic, you're never satisfied no matter how much you're doing, you are comparing yourself to others constantly, probably more so from an individual perspective, you're depriving yourself of everything all of the time. So you're like, yeah, I'm great. I'm a 10 out of 10. I'm a 10 out of 10. I'm I'm doing so well, But but at what cost? No chocolate, no wine, no beer, no socialising, no fun, no life, really, if I'm being honest. And I think it's when you have that, that realisation that life is to be lived and if you can do that at 8 out of 10 while still taking care of yourself, you've got to remember most people out there are taking care of themselves at a 1 to a 3. If you're an 8, you are absolutely in the minority of people out there that are looking after themselves. People look at me like I'm some kind of wellness freak I'm at a seven. Literally, if I'm being honest, I'm at a seven. I would eat at a seven. I would exercise at a seven. I would sleep at probably a six since I've had babies. But I feel good. I feel good. I feel like I'm getting that balance pretty right for a 43-year-old bloke with four kids, and I'm okay with it. Next one, don't try and do too much too early. It's all about small habits build success. If you can get the little things to the habitual stage that is as habitual to you as cleaning your teeth every morning and every night, you'll be absolutely blown away at how much those little habits add up to genuine success from a wellness, productivity, happiness perspective. Don't worry about where you need to be in a year. Don't worry about locking yourself into one-hour workout seven days a week and, you know, feeling like the world's going to end if you miss one. A missed workout is a missed workout. Tomorrow is a fresh day with a clean slate. Don't beat yourself up about it. Next one, eat real foods. try and avoid the word diet for the rest of your life. It's never really a good connotation. Diet by definition, is already talking about a short-term solution. It's got a finish line and good eating, good wellness should be something you're aiming to build a habit around that you stick to for the rest of your life. So try and work away from diet. And when people say, what's the best advice when it comes to food? And you may have heard me say it here before. Number one, eat real food. Number two, eat more protein and more vegetables. If you can achieve those three things, you will already be 90% of the way there. One of my favourites, it's an oldie but a goodie, and I promise you no matter what fads come and go, this one should absolutely be top of your list always. Try and move every day, and I'll add to that, try and move in the morning. If you can move your body for 10 to 30 minutes in the morning, you will not only be better mentally, but you will be better physically You'll be consistent with your exercise because you get it done before something can intervene. You'll have a boosted energy, boosted mood, more clarity, more productivity. You'll feel a great sense of accomplishment early in the day that'll carry on, that'll carry momentum throughout your day. So try and move your body every single day. It keeps the momentum and the motivation going—it's uh, it's the perfect start to the day. It decreases stress. I could go on. I could write a list of three hundred reasons why you should move every day, but the bottom line is you should—you just should. And I always like to preface that by saying, know what you're going to do tomorrow today. Don't leave it to chance. You should know tonight when is the window that I'm going to move my body tomorrow whenever that may be be best, and what am I going to do? Consistency is what gets results. There's no magic workouts. There's no best workouts. Consistency of movement is what gets you the best results. And if you want to move every day or most days, planning the night before is an absolute game changer. Second last one, sleep. It's been an evolution since woodlife started because when the woodlife started, I would have been getting okay sleep because Harper wasn't born yet. She was she was in Mum's tummy. She's now eighteen months. So I've gone I've, I've been on a, a roller coaster from a sleep perspective over the last six years because every time a baby has been born, you go back into the trenches for, I don't know, at least twelve months. and we've been in the trenches out of the trenches on and off for a year for six years. Two big things with sleep. I think so many of us tell ourselves we don't need as much sleep as we actually do. The other thing with sleep is, Don't get it with a sleep in. Get it by improving your pre-go-to-bed habits. Dark room, cool room, turn off your digital devices half an hour before going to bed. Try not to binge on a streaming service, a TV show, a movie service or social media just before you go to bed. Have a nice shower you know, wind yourself down in some kind of way with some, you know, music or breathing exercises or gentle meditation, all of that stuff feels a bit rah-rah to many people. And and I was perhaps in that boat once upon a time, it works. And if you can not only improve the volume of your sleep or the amount of your sleep, but you can improve the quality, you will feel the difference. And I think for many of us, we need to stop fibbing to ourselves because it really can be powerful. This is the last one. I'm glad I went backwards because I think it's a really nice one to finish on. And it's amazing how often this conversation happens. Just get started. Too many people talk and think and procrastinate or know what they should be doing but just aren't doing it for too long. And it's not to finish on a harsh note. It's not to finish on a note to make you feel guilty. Let's finish on a positive note. Don't try and do too much too soon. Don't overwhelm yourself by making the mountain bigger than it needs to be. Just get started. Motivation doesn't create momentum. Momentum creates motivation. Take that first step. Doesn't mean you sign up for a one-hour HIIT class tomorrow morning. It might mean you go for a 10-minute walk. Doesn't mean you start some ridiculous diet. It might mean you're gonna do you're gonna do a healthy swap. And what you normally have for breakfast, you're gonna swap out for a healthy smoothie that takes three minutes to make. Just get started. Not tomorrow, not next Monday, you're not waiting for a new year like so many people do. There is no perfect time to get started, but getting started is the most important message that I can leave you with because I know that many of you listen and nod and love the knowledge that you're building by listening to the Woodlife episodes, but knowing and doing are not the same thing. And I think too many of us confuse the two from time to time, or if not a lot of the time. So I'm going to love you and leave you with that. It's been my absolute pleasure and privilege to come and speak to you every day a couple of times a week here from the studio. And uh, as I said, it's not goodbye. It's just farewell for now. And I can't wait to uh, rejoin you in some capacity soon. Of course, if you want to keep up to speed with what's going on, just follow along on Sam James Wood on my Instagram. I'll keep you up to date with all of the updates with what's going on. I'm always putting content up there too that can keep you keep you engaged and keep you motivated and I can't wait to speak to you soon.